You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss the movie Old, which just came out recently in 2021. What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom! Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this beach. What's happening? Mom! Mom! It was directed by M. Night Schmelian. It stars Gail Garcia Bernal, Vicky Kreps, Rufus Sewell, Alex Wolf, and Thomasin McKenzie. The genre would be sci-fi mystery horror. Now, I have to give I have to give M. Night props here. He has directed a genuinely original, just batshit extended Twilight Zone episode with a very interesting core theme. And despite giving in to so many of the weird impulses, which have overwhelmed nearly every other film he's directed since and including Signs, this movie still works. Or at least it still worked for me. Now, I'm going to go on the record to say that the only film of M. Night Schmelians which I have liked without any qualifiers before seeing this one was the movie Unbreakable, which came out in 2000. Pretty much all of the rest of his films, I've only liked them in parts. I liked the first hour of The Sixth Sense, the middle 40 minutes of Signs, the last 10 minutes of The Village, the first 15 minutes of Glass. <laughs> this is actually the first M. Night movie since Unbreakable that actually works for the entire screen time. Now, I know a lot of folks already have problems with the resolution of this story, but I kind of dug it, and I actually found it quite satisfying. It all comes together because he never loses sight of the theme and the core idea, which is, and this is not really a spoiler, here's the theme, that time is precious. And seriously, if you think that's a spoiler, then trust me when I say that the trailer spoils a lot more than that. Yep, if you don't want any of this film ruined for you, then do not watch the trailer if you haven't already. Because the trailer shows some major developments, and it doesn't even really hide their significance in the story either. But regardless, that core message, that time is precious, it is exhaustively demonstrated throughout the story and pretty much organically too. A relatively small group of tourists, including a young family with parents who are played by Gail Garcia Bernal, the father, and Vicky Kreps, the mother, they have traveled to an island resort. And once they are there, they are then invited to one mysterious beach that's near the resort, but just for a day. They are bussed off to this beach, they get settled, and of course, predictably, the beach is gorgeous. But then, something floats down a nearby river to freak one of them out. And let's just say that all of the characters end up going through significant changes. Some genuinely freaky and disturbing stuff starts to occur. And we'll just leave it at that. The film is rated PG-13, and it probably pushes the boundaries of what can be shown for a film with that rating. Now that brings me to some of my issues with the movie. In my opinion, this should have been rated R. The subject matter demands it. Several uniquely scary things occur out of view of the camera, and while that sometimes works, you know, in building the mystery, building the suspense... It also sometimes distracts. It distracts when we're told something has occurred which seems incomprehensible. There's at least one death that occurs entirely off screen, 
which doesn't even seem possible given the context of what has been set up by this point. The best way to make this death seem feasible would have been to just show it. Some freaky gore could have really demonstrated this. And that's the thing from much of this film's runtime. I was always engaged, I was always interested, and I was even unsettled pretty often throughout the film. But just including some sensible gore to give a better idea of what was physically happening to these folks, it could have brought me up to the level of being genuinely terrified. Now, that's not to say the story doesn't have its share of ickiness, because boy, does it. And most of it does have the desired effect. And beyond that, you have several M. Night trappings. The director just has to have an extended cameo. And it's felt like for 20 years now, each cameo he does for each new film just becomes more distracting and redundant. And though it's not nearly at the level of the happening, one reason being that you have better actors this time around, but there are instances when people just do not talk or relate like normal human beings. And I'm even talking before a lot of the craziness starts. And one final issue is while the film generally looks very good and is paced pretty briskly, there are some genuinely strange angles for shots, along with some very weird edits. The story takes on a very chaotic nature for much of its midsection. So I would gather that some of these choices, they were intentional, just to keep you on your toes. But the story already has enough crazy stuff happening that it feels overdone at times to just highlight it even more this way. That said, for the most part, this film really packs a punch. Chameleon is clearly going for something haunting, and I feel like he achieves it. The makeup effects that we do see, they're damn impressive. And along those lines, the casting of certain actors to convey what makeup can't, it is spot on. Wow. I mean, the standout performances in this film are given by Alex Wolfe and Thomas and McKenzie as Trent and Maddox, who are the children of our central family and who we witness go through the most. I have to go with her. Tara! Wait! Don't climb! Let me get your mother! Yeah. It's not the way. She's panicked and desperate. Talk to each other. Yeah, you and I should just stay together. What if we spend this whole time trying to get out of here? We still don't make it. It'll be too short if we don't try. No, Kara, please. Please, just stay with me, please. Props to both actors for just selling the hell out of some genuinely weird situations that they find themselves in. Traversing the mindsets of different stages of adolescence. But then, okay, spoiler alert, seriously, spoiler alert, because this movie just came out. But then the film goes all the way by casting Eamon Elliott and Embeth DeWitts as the middle-aged versions of these characters. It is so seamless in how they look and act. It's eerie. It's so effective. End of spoiler. <laughs> and yes, I would say that the film sticks the landing in the third act. It gets more emotional and hits some very strong notes. There's a moment with two characters sitting on the beach, just talking quietly at one point, which almost broke me. It's so effectively done. Now, do I wish there was a bit more consistency leading up to that point? Sure. But M. Knight is who he is. He has to have characters saying and or doing random things at times. And after so many years, it's as much a compulsion for him as, as is overusing having white characters say the N-word is for Quentin Tarantino in his movies. You just have to accept it and hope that it doesn't take away from the story or just don't see the movie. And one other warning, this is a pretty grim movie overall, so it could be a tough watch for some folks. But overall, though, I enjoyed this film and I would recommend it to anyone looking for a visceral experience at the movie theater, but with some thoughtfulness behind it. Out of M's filmography, I would probably rank it a somewhat distant second behind Unbreakable. 
but I know that I'm also in the extreme minority, not ranking the sixth sense higher. That brings us to the categories. The first category is best needle drop. This would be the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Now, having just seen the movie old and being wrapped up so much in the visuals and the performances, I got to be honest, the score for this movie by Trevor Gorekis, if I'm pronouncing it right, it honestly didn't register with me that much, which doesn't mean it was a bad score. It was just very minimalist. However, there is a lovely ballad which plays over the end credits, which are pretty elegant in themselves as we see each credit kind of fading off the screen. The song is Remain by Salika. I've never heard of her before, but it's a gorgeous song. It closes out the film on a suitably melancholy note, and I'd like to hear actually more from this artist. Next category is Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Gail Garcia Bernal is a very talented actor who was given one of the main lead roles as Guy, who is the father-slash-husband for our main family. And overall, his performance is pretty solid, but it honestly didn't really grab me that much until the third act, which is when he becomes very effective. But my main issue is, of all the characters in this movie... Unfortunately, his character is saddled the most by Shemelian through no fault of his own, because the Shamhammer, as I'm affectionately calling him, and I've heard him called by others, he just feels the compulsion, and it seems like every one of his movies, to have at least one of his characters constantly reciting random facts and statistics for no reason other than to just sound quirky and smart. And Guy, the Bernal character, is prone to doing that for most of the story. And hey, his character is an actuary, so at least there's somewhat of an explanation for it, but that doesn't make it any less goofy or distracting at times. And I'll give Burnell this, at least. He pulls this off much better than Mark Wahlberg did in The Happening. You're not interested in what happened to the bees. should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. The problem is your face is perfect at 15. Now, if you were interested in science, you would know facts like the human nose and ears grow a fraction of an inch each year. So a perfect balance of features now might not look so perfect five years from now. It might look downright whack ten years from now. (laughs) That brings me to the next category, the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this film. If you want to sell this film, this is what you show somebody. Wow. Now, this is a tough one because as far as I'm concerned, the trailer for this movie it gave away way too much. For a movie like this, which is firmly in the twisty mystery genre, the best trailer moment should hint at something, but not give it away completely. And let's just say that given the title of this movie, and that this is shown explicitly in both the poster and the trailer, clearly the hook of this premise is that we are watching characters age rapidly. And to his credit, the Shamhammer, he has some fun with this early on, with some very tricky camera angles, shooting characters from behind, just over the shoulder, so we can only hear somewhat unfamiliar voices as other characters speaking to them are trying to figure out what's going on. One such moment has the brother and sister, who we have only seen as really young children up until this point, speaking for the first time to a couple played by Ken Lung and Nikki Amuka Bird. Things have already started to get strange on the beach, so Lung, who's playing a nurse, he's in the mode of trying to make conversation with these two children 
just to distract them from all the other things that are already happening. One thing he does is guess their ages. And needless to say, this conversation gets awkward. It's a pretty playful moment, effectively done, and that's your trailer moment. What's your name? I'm Trent. This is my sister, Maddox. How old are you guys? I'll guess. I'm good at this. (laughs) You're 11, right, Trent? I'm six. No. Really, are you 10, 11? He's not lying. He's six. I'm specifically six and a quarter. She's 11. They're feeling unsafe. There is a lot going on here. They're playing with us. Let's leave it. That brings me to my final category, the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. And this is 100% an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so he is the obvious choice. It has all of his trademark strengths and weaknesses of all his previous films, but in this particular instance, just as far as I'm concerned, the strengths outweigh the weaknesses. Bonus points also have to go to M for this being the only the third film that he's directed outside of the Philadelphia area. So it's fully out of his comfort zone. And the other two films that he did outside of Philly, well, they were After Earth and The Last Airbender. So apparently the third time's the charm, I guess. Now, just to make it clear, as it sounds like I'm bashing the director a lot, because I had a lot of faint praise for him here, I do believe that M. Night Shyamalan is a very talented filmmaker who in his best moments can really elicit an emotional response from the audience. And not only that, but Old, the movie Old, proves again that he's also a director who is never afraid to just go for it, as he did with the resolution of Unbreakable. He's not afraid to take his characters to some pretty twisted, dark places, and I applaud that. My overall rating for this film would be three and a half stars out of five. I have to be honest, this was better than I was expecting. It's a good movie. It's flawed, but it should have the desired effect on you. And right now, it's only playing in theaters, so I would recommend checking it out. And that ends another Ageless Review. Please subscribe to the Living for the Cinema podcast and follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.